Hello, my name is Giselle Mendez, and today we're going to be talking about the Compromise of 1850, a historical event that has to do with slavery. Now, for this topic, I will be discussing things like before the Compromise of 1850, what, what is the Compromise of 1850, viewpoints of the pros and the anti-slaves, and what were the effects, or what were some of the effects of the Compromise of 1850? Now, for starters, before the Compromise of 1850, the expansion of slavery had been questioned for a while, and it wasn't until a group of settlers in Oregon met in 1845 where they created a legislative committee. During this time, there had been a lot of back and forth of whether or not Oregon would be a free territory, and the Southerners were scared that um, they would try to stop slavery. Then, in 1847, the Oregon Bill had been passed, which turned Oregon into an official U.S. territory. After this bill was passed, it sparked up an idea from the Southerners, where they believed that slavery should become a federal right. Now, they believed that it should become a federal right because they were scared that the new territories being made were going to include a no-slavery policy, basically. Now, for many it made sense, but one of the main arguments that was made as a counterattack was that it would only apply to independent communities, and along with this, the Northern Free Soil Movement had become a fast-growing movement whose purpose was to stop the spread of slavery in Western territories. So while the Southerners were trying to continue slavery, the, Nor the Northerners had created this movement called the Free Soil, where they counterattacked the Southerners. Now, finally, the Northerners relied on the Fifth Amendment that stated that liberty, property, and life wouldn't be taken away from any person. Now, this amendment was used pretty loosely because although there was lots of back and forth about whether slavery should end or not, and a lot of the times anti-slavery was being supported, yet it was still a thing in many territories in the South. Now, throughout this time in, his in history, which to summarize it, we could call the Oregon issue, the main result was that the Southerners had lost their trade of giving Oregon to free soilers and in return defeating Wilmot Proviso. <laughs> Now, the Wilmot Proviso was a proposal to ban slavery, essentially, and it was something that the Southerners wanted to completely get rid of. However, they failed, and this bothered the Congress for many, many years, up until 1850. Now, what happened in 1850? Well, our main topic today is the Compromise of 1850. So, the Compromise of 1850 is essentially a series of bills that were passed to help the issue of slavery. Whig Senator Henry Clay was one of the main people behind these bills, who had, and he had created the first original ones that initially, initially sorry, hadn't been passed because they were still against the thought of stopping slavery, or not necessarily everyone, but many southerner, southern states were against the idea of stopping slavery. Now, the main idea of the compromise was to stop the spread in new territories in the United States during the Mexican, now, sorry, these 
territories were established during the Mexican-American War. It also made California a free state. However, it made it easier for slave owners to retreat their slaves that had run away through an act called the Fugitive Slave Act. So, while the Compromise of 1850 is supposedly to stop the spread of slavery, the along with the Fugitive Slave Act, it ne doesn't necessarily stop it because for the Fugitive Slave Act, it included the right for that both free and slave state police officers were required to arrest anyone who they believed were to be a runaway slave. Now, of course, this caused many racial issues because all slaves were uh, black people. And in a free state, if they ever saw a black man, they could just assume that he was a slave and he would be arrested and tried without... um without any warrant. Now, during this 10 year per time period, a lot of violence began to break out between black Americans because they felt unfair and they wouldn't even be tried and no warrant would be needed, as I said earlier. This made it very easy for people to just lie and some people who weren't even slaves before have now become slaves because of all these lies and these uh, very bad rules that were being established. Now, during this time, of course, there were many different viewpoints and the Southerners didn't really understand the, North the Northerners and vice versa. Now, let's, a little bit before the compromise was the Mexican-American War, like I had mentioned earlier, which started in 1846 and ended in 1848 with the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo, which created peace between Mexico and the U.S. However, at the end of this war had brought up many questions about what would happen with slavery in regards to the new territories given to Mexico. Now, during this war, Mexico and the U.S. had come into a peace agreement where Mexico was given certain territories and the U.S. was given certain territories. So the main issue or the main concern was if these territories were going to become pro-slave or anti-slave, which is essentially where the Compromise of 1850 comes from and why they had to create it. Because many people were scared and most territories, each territory wanted different things. Now, in the mind of the pro-slaves, after this event, many of them were desperate to get these new territories of Utah and Mexico to become pro-slave as well. They were starting to become scared by the amount of territories that were becoming free states. So their argument was that they needed to keep a balance. They believed, another thing that they believed was that no Congress or legislator could take away their right to be slaveholders. So it was their right to own slaves, essentially, is what they believed. Um, Pro-safe people had high hopes that slavery would never end, especially because in the Congress, there were no words put into the Congress or any of the acts that directly judged the idea of slavery. So it was a very open-minded thing, and not many people, um, not many people had anything to say about it. Essentially, they were bystanders, and many, um, a lot of pro-slave people also believed that slavery would never end because during when it came to the time for voting for these acts and which ones were going to be passed or not, um, 
pro-slave were, were always on top. They always had the higher numbers, and the Northerners, it seemed as if though the Northerners were very outnumbered. Now, for the anti-slave point of view, um, people who were against slavery continued to try their best to get the Congress to create acts that would completely ban slavery in the new territories of Utah and New Mexico. They also had hoped that the Mexicans in Mexico, of course, and the Mormons in Utah were strongly opposed to the idea of slavery, that they would never let it be possible in the new territories. Now, they always had these strong arguments against slavery, were always petitioning. Um, during voting, the Northerners were always outnumbered, like I said. However, they always seemed to be getting further and further into the idea of banning slavery, which is why they were continuously being encouraged to end it, and they never stopped trying. Now, one of the main after-effects of the Compromise of 1850 was the Civil War. The Civil War was a war between the Union and Confederacy, which lasted from 1861 to 1865. This war, the Civil War, essentially the Compromise of 1850 caused the Civil War because of all the violence that started happening and all the um, the back and forth between the North and the South and all the disagreements basically led to what we know as the Civil War. Now, I'm going to highlight my, or mention the sources that I used for this research. Um, the research done for this podcast comes from a wide variety of articles. Uh, the first article, uh, I'm going to list down my primary sources first. So the first article comes from the National Archives and Records Administration, NARA, where all documents created by the United States can be found. The National Archives also have museums located in Washington, D.C., where you can find more information about the history of the U.S. Our second article is a New York Times article titled The Fugitive Slave Compromise and Its Opponents, published in 1860. The New York Times provides factual information about issues around the world since 1851. Our third article is a history article titled Compromise of 1850, Originally published in 2009 and edited once again in 2023. History is a network that has focused on historical education and documentaries. Our last primary article is from the American Battlefield Trust, which is an organization that focuses on the preservation of U.S. history wars, including the Civil War. The article is titled Compromise of 1850, A Temporary Peace. Now, for my secondary sources, all of the research comes from the College of San Mateo Library and JSTOR, JSTOR database as listed below. A book journal review of a book titled A Strife of Tongues, The Compromise of 1850 and the Ideological Foundations of the American Civil War, written by Stephen E. Mazelish. The second resource is a book article titled what was the Compromise of 1850 by Robert R. Russell? The third is a, a journal article called Slavery and the Oregon Territorial Issue, Prelude to the Compromise of 1850, written by Alton Lee. And lastly, a journal essay written by John Frederick Bell titled Poetry's Place in the Crisis and Compromise of 1850. Thank you.